It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Wednesday, January 31st, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that's always talking trade rumors. Yep. Yep. That's part of the business. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. You can find us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, man, uh, the the break is in full swing, as we were uh, talking about on the show yesterday quite a bit. The uh, the boys are in Mexico for Igor Zamula. Little son in Cerveza, yeah. Yeah, uh, thanks to Zamula's Instagram, we know that a bunch of the younger guys are down there. I always love like the divide. I'm sure they're resting though, Rach. I'm sure. I'm sure they're just you know reading a book and resting on the beach. Listen, whatever they're doing, they're not playing hockey and getting more banged up. So hopefully they're healing while they are enjoying the sun <laughs> and the and the dancing and, the, and all the other stuff they'll be doing. Well, I hope they have a good time. They deserve it. Yes, they do. As per usual, the older guys are not. They're having fun in their own way. Uh, Cam Atkinson is at Disney with his family. Uh, thank you, Instagram, for letting us know what what the guys are up to. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could. La- I would laugh at Cam wearing like Mickey Mouse ears. I could see that. He's a good dad. He is a really good. Yeah, he seems like dad. pretty plugged in. He does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, of course, with no games happening. Uh, this is when sort of trade no deadline... Flyers games. There's still another. Well, that's game. true. That's true. Uh, but there are uh, trade rumors uh, swirling about as we approach the All Star game, and uh, the Flyers are, of course, part of that mix. Uh, the fourth period, you know, is talking about Sean Walker being on the trading block, which is something we knew from the beginning of the of season. Course. So, yeah, that's a no brainer. Yeah, it is a no-brainer, and he would be a really good piece to trade at the deadline because he's been playing very well this season. Um, and I think that you know the Flyers could get a decent return for him should the right trading partner come up for him, right? Yeah, I think they can get a second-round pick for Sean Walker. Um, maybe it'll have conditions, maybe it won't. But somehow I think they can get a second. They might even be able to get it for this year's draft. I think, you know, he's got some good value. Yeah, I find it interesting that um, more and more you see teams trading picks like two, three years down the road um, as opposed to the upcoming draft. And I know that like varies from draft to draft, depending on the quality of the draft. But also, I think it depends on, you know, if a team is in a window then they're looking to give up assets as far down the road as they can so they can maintain that window for as, as long as they need to, right? Right. But the Flyers kind of need a second this year because we don't know what Columbus is going to do with that other one. So yeah. I feel like they need, a, they need a couple of seconds in this draft. So 
I think that's what they're going to shoot for. My guess. Yeah, I, I would say so too. Uh, the other name that has come up is Scott Lawton. And that's kind of been, you know, I would say simmering on the back burner of the stove for a while, just because, you know, as we've talked about, John Tortorella has been using Scott Lawton as a center when he's probably a little better at wing um, and more comfortable there. Uh, but he's just such a, a, a utility guy. He's a, a strong leader. He can play up and down the lineup when you need it. Um, uh, his stats aren't up as high great. as they were. Yeah. Uh, last year, he had more value. Right. So, like, what's the market for Scott Lawton right now? I think for Lawton, I mean, you might be able to get uh, a first, like, from three years from now. or you might be able to get some sort of prospect and a third. I, I don't know if there's a team that has multiple firsts. Like I said, they they you know they may give one up um, for the future, but that's just, that's the only way I see a first happening. Then it's a matter of can you get a second? If you can't get a second, get something and a third. Like that's what I would be trying right. for because I his value last year would have gotten more, uh, and I think when it was being talked about the feeling was, yeah, that, you know, they were talking about last, last year's prices, this year's prices are cheaper. They are. And so you wonder if, if because he's a leader, you know, he's the only one that has an A on his sweater right, right. now. And you can't really sell as high as maybe you would have last season. Is, is he somebody then you just keep because of all of the other in, intangible benefits you get? Yeah, I think he's one of the guys you could keep. I, I really don't think they should rush to trade him only because he can fill in in so many different areas for the coach. So right. I, I would tend to keep him around. Yeah, and he does have two more years left on his contract at $3 million. So Which is reasonable. It, it's very reasonable, and it's not like somebody that you can squeeze in into your cap, though, because it is three. It's not like it's a 1.5 to 2. No. So you you would have to be very deliberate about it and you'd be looking for a depth forward when I think that somebody looking to get that final piece or another depth forward who's contending might want somebody with a little more output than him for right. that for that money. Right. He's not going to be in the first batch of guys to go. Um, it's probably going to yeah. be late in the day and we're still going to hear about him. And then it's just a matter of can they sell him at the last minute? Uh, and that's fine. I, like I said, I if he doesn't go, it's fine for the team, honestly. Yeah. And then um, the other player mentioned in that article on the fourth period uh, was Nick Sealer, which is really interesting because, you know, all we've talked about with Nick Sealer is an extension. He's going to get an extension, I'm telling you. Yeah. And so I, it's like the fact that he would be like, in a trade scenario, I just don't see that happening. No, I think and, that's where, um, like for this market, you have to really understand and nobody, look, things could change, right? Nobody knows a hundred percent, but you know, his worth to, to the coach and everything is something. If you listen to John a couple of weeks ago, it sounded like they wanted to keep him around. So this article could have been written, you know, or finished maybe a, a week or two before that, before those quotes, and maybe they wouldn't have put him in otherwise. Because I just, 
I don't see it. Yeah, it is interesting because he's older, right? So, yeah. and with the Flyers blue line, it just feels like they they do need to get a little younger. Um, they do. And, and with all these roadblocks to, um, you know, other potential prospects coming up, to keep one more of those around for more than two more years, I think would not be ideal for no. the Flyers. No, and Sealer, I could see staying, you know, preferably a one-year deal. Wouldn't shock me if they go two with him. But I do think he's the next one that gets announced. I, I really feel that way. Well, I think that'll be interesting to see what happens next on that front, whether it'll be a trade or whether it'll be a contract extension or or, or whatnot. All good questions. Uh, in the meantime, one little bit of other news uh, in the Flyers organization, the Reading Royals, the ECHL affiliate, um, earlier this week released uh, head coach James Henry and a uh, Jason Binkley, who was the assistant coach, is the acting or interim head coach for now. So that's not locked in, but um, really interesting to see, especially as we talk about some of the uh, Phantoms players that go down to Reading, like what a coaching change might mean for them. Yeah, I mean, the coaching change for Reading should really, again, go in concert with what's going on with Lehigh and the big club. It all should work in concert. I don't think it is, but I think now um, that's the direction it should go. And if this is going to be the guy, that's fine. Uh, but he should know that yeah, this year they're I never going to so. do it. They're never going to no. do it. But you know, this is for next year at this point. Right. It feels like maybe this upcoming off season there should be a holistic look at coaching for the the minor leagues and and look at it as one big picture and not just the individual they should get everybody together john included all in a room and they should all hash it out yeah absolutely all right well there are more questions and they are yours including uh questions on denver barky trade targets the power play all of that and we will get to them coming up next Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I always have like a menu. I used to post it online, Rach. I don't know. Maybe I'll get back to doing it this mm. year. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get that fancy this year and plan a menu, but we'll see. Um, but for the Super Bowl, as far as betting, I, I would bet the over. I think both these teams, I think San Fran and KC are going to score high. Uh, so that's that's the way I would go with that. But there's a lot of prop bets, too, as we pointed out last show. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports partner of the NFL. On tomorrow's show, we are going to kind of more formally kick off our draft coverage heading into the 2024 NHL draft with uh, an you know overarching look at what this upcoming draft looks like. Russ's rankings, reasoning, trends this year. Plus, we're going to dig into uh, draft-eligible prospect Tej 
Aginla, who is the son of Jerome Aginla. Uh, plus, we're going to touch on the NHL All-Star Game player draft and where Travis Konechny might fall in that. Uh, getting to your questions, uh, Chris Berry wants to know, should the Flyers go after David Yerichak? I mean, they could make a call and inquire. I don't think they're going to they're going to bite at that. Um, I think they're going to just figure things out and keep him. They don't have such a strong defense that they could afford to trade Juracek. And if they do trade him, they're going to want defense in return. So if, if you get David Juracek, you're trading Cam York. You know, like that's kind of the way it's going. Yeah. So, you know, you have to understand that too. Yeah, I think that's the issue there is that maybe you want to trade Nick Sealer, you know, or yeah, or yeah. Sean Walker even, honestly. Uh, but I think that, yeah, it, it is definitely a risk to take and you'd have to find like the right deal here. Uh, I'm just not sure the, that Columbus would be interested without additional carrots and and the, they're not going to take the other guys because they, they know they're a few no. years away from competing. Yeah, they they do. So I'm not sure Columbus would do it, but certainly worth the phone call, like you said. Sure. Um, our good friend Andrew Fawcett wants to know, with Tippett and Paling getting extensions, what does this mean for the future of Travis Konechny and Scott Lawton? Yeah, I mean, Scott Lawton's getting talked about for a reason. I don't know if there's a future for him. There may be a short-term future, but I don't know if there's a long-term future. Probably not. If I'm guessing, I'm going to say probably not because he's going to be on the other side of 30. He's probably going to look for four or five years, and they probably won't want to give him that much. Uh, Connecty, you know, we did talk about the other day. Uh, if he's looking for seven and a half to eight and a half, and he's looking for, you know, seven or eight years, you got to tell him, that's great. We really liked you, but you're going to have to get that somewhere else. And who do you want to get traded to? Because that's that's where the conversation for me would go because I understand he's not the oldest guy, but I also understand that when you're bringing in some of the other young talent that they're bringing in and you're still going to have Sean Couturier, uh, Cam Atkinson might be here at least one more year um, with, with those kinds of things there um, you want some of these young guys to be able to bond with each other and, and create their own new lines. And so I, you know, I don't know if that's fair, if all of a sudden you have Konechny going there and say, hey, you know, Michkov, play with Konechny. And what if they don't work out? Then all of a sudden you're looking at Konechny like, oh, we got to trade Konechny. And now he makes a lot of money. You don't want to be in that situation again. Yeah, I, I think the Konechny situation is the bigger question mark, um, especially, you know, like we, we talked about the other day is more in relation to Owen Tippett's contract and then how much more money is Konechny going to ask for and frankly deserve. Um, right. Then, then tip it at this point, and then to your point, you are locked into a higher salary. It's harder to um, make a trade at that point. I do think there's a lot of complexity to it, but I do think that there is obviously a bigger chance of Konechny being a, a bigger part of this team moving forward than Scott Lawton. Um, yes. Personally, I would hate to see Scott Lawton go. I love him in the room. I think he's a tremendous leader. Um, I love everything he does off the ice and, um, I would miss, uh, murder face, Scott Lawton yeah, murder <laughs> around face. these parts. He'll always be remembered if he does go, um, great with the pride night stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Good role model. But, you know, again, like he's giving almost all he can give. I think by the time yep. Scott Lawton goes, you know, 
he'll play for a little while longer. He'll play for three or four or five more years, but really probably as a, just a, a fourth liner for somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Fred Madden um, commented that Peterson is the better number two. He's playing better than Sandstrom. And if he does well, maybe we can shed some of his cap hit in a trade. Uh, is he better? Think? I don't know. Did we see the last couple of games? I I, I know his, his save percentage is slightly better. I don't think he's better. Mm-hmm. I, I will just come yeah. out and say that. It's so close. If you look at their records in Lehigh Valley, um, save percentage, uh, Sandstrom is uh 878 and peterson's was 890 so neither were great uh but they're both it's pretty close uh goals against was 3.26 and 3.34 negligible right because they both had played uh 15 games each with lehigh valley so uh i think that it's uh it, it <laughs> they're pretty even they're just very different stylistically and i think that um is part of what makes cal peterson right for the call-up in some ways even though i think sandstrom is probably technically the better goaltender overall that's my yeah i mean from what i've seen in the past and i believe sandstrom can get that back he's definitely better it's going to be hard for the flyers to adjust to peterson if he's going to have that much room behind him on certain points of the game for shots. There's no way you could defend that. And they're going to give up more goals. Like he's just, I don't see it. Blake wants to know what is the ideal top power play unit for the flyers right now? And how would you set them up? That's a good question. I mean, right now I don't have an ideal one, but I would have Drysdale, you know, I would put Couturier in front or in the bumper, uh, tip it on one side. And am I missing on the other side? Uh, Forster or? Yeah. Yes, Forster. Forster's, yeah, Forster would be on the other side. And then you could choose the other person who goes in there. I know because that's only four, right? So that's sometimes. Yeah, could be Konechny. I know people hate it when it's Scott Lawton. It could be Frost. It could be any one of them. Uh, That's where I would rotate. And it wouldn't be Cam Atkinson at this point. I don't think he's producing enough on the power play. So be one yeah. of those guys, but those, but that's the, the basis that I'd want. And then I just add that other one in to try and spark it once in a while. But I want those other shots to be those shots. And I want that other guy in front of the net. And I want that other guy at the point. I want Morgan Frost camped out behind the net, direct in yeah. traffic with Jamie Drysdale. Like they're the two quarterbacks, right? From yeah. either side It'd be of great the to net. have someone behind the net. I've given up on that. I don't even, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, a girl can dream, and I would like Morgan Frost behind the net with Jamie Drysdale at the point, and they're the ones, right, that are controlling this power play. Yeah, and I'm saving, and... I'm saving Farabee for power play too because yeah, yeah, um, he gets an Agreed. awful lot of ice time, and so yeah, yeah, I think so as well. Um, you know, and then you have Zamula on power play too, and go from there. There's a couple of comments that we got related to our Phantoms Tuesday episode that we did. Um, and Coach Ian LaPerriere, it's a Red River Wave uh, commented, Ian LaPerriere has been way overrated by this organization for years. Eric is what is asking, what are you looking for in a Phantoms head coach, if not Lappy? And so both of that kind of uh, links together. Yeah, I'm looking for, um, first I'll search the market to see 
if I could get someone back who I felt like was really good um, in Philly or in that market. So, like, if some reason I could overpay Kevin Deneen to come back, I would have Kevin Deneen come back. Um, That is such a good idea. Because he'd be such a solid guy and probably would work well with torts and really could mesh. I, I want somebody like that. I'd have to really look for a little while and see who else is out there. You know, like Terry Murray used to be great for that because he was a good teacher. Uh, he would be a good conduit between the two. Scott Gordon was also great for that. And so, yeah, I'm looking for that kind of guy. I'm not looking for the the young new guy. I don't think they need that. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think, you know, in traditional circles, I think that is like the right way to go is find someone that meshes with torts really well and they can work yeah. together on a on a combined system. I think that's what's important. And that could really like somebody that can translate knowing what needs to be improved and making it actually happen. I think that's what Lappy's right. myth missing is that he knows what's going wrong, but he does yes. not know how to fix it. And I know. Um, so, but if, if I'm going to think way outside the box here, again, this is the dream for me personally. I want Julie Chu and Caroline Uyet to come from, uh, they were, they're coaching at Concordia, I believe. And they're tremendous coaches and really good at being mentors and developing young hockey players. And I just, I love them both so much. They're both medal Olympic medal winners. And I yeah, think they're they would, smart. I've, I've like, interviewed them both. They're, they're so, so smart and know the game so well. And to have them come in as a package deal with their kids who are adorable, um, that, that would be the dream for me. Yeah, I'll tell you a name that does get bandied about from the inside, but I really kind of do want outside eyes, is Patrick Sharp because he did do a little um, coaching staff work at Vermont, right? So he yeah. could be a long he could be a long shot for that, or maybe not a long shot because he's already there. So keep an eye on that. Yeah, yeah. All right, we've got more questions uh, coming up next. It is not too late to get started on your New Year's resolution with Factor, so you're ready for it this year. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success. You can skip the grocery store, prep work, and cooking fatigue, and instead you get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. They've got over 35 meals to choose from every week, including options like keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and more. Plus, they've got over 55 weekly add-ons, so you'll have a ton of nutritious and delicious options to kickstart those resolutions. They offer loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep you going no matter what's on the schedule. And Factor is flexible. You can change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Skip the overpriced takeout trap. Factor is cheaper and more tasty than takeout. Head to factormeals.com slash locked on NHL 50 and use that code locked on NHL 50 to get 50% off. That's code locked on NHL 50 at factormeals.com slash locked on NHL 50. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports news stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus all our national shows covering every league, including Locked On NHL. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. 
Uh, keeping going with our mailbag, Scott wants to know, when do you think Denver Barkey makes the move to the pros? Do they give him an ELC this offseason? And how long would he spend in Lehigh Valley? I still think he's two to three away from the pros. Um, I think in a year he could be in Lehigh Valley. But it's possible he goes sooner. He's having a very good year. I would say it depends yeah. on the on the playoffs and see how that goes. Um, what was the other part of that question? Sorry. Yeah, Lehigh Valley, I mean a year. I mean, it's two if for some reason he has a hard time adjusting, but I don't really anticipate that. Uh, yeah, actually, based on his age, he has to go back to juniors next year. So two years for Lehigh, one year in Lehigh. Two years for London and then one year for Lehigh. Uh, no, well, two years till he's in Lehigh. Oh, so got he's it, not got in it. Lehigh next year. He's in Lehigh the year after and then one year in Lehigh. Um, Ryan247 um, has a question for Russ. Do you think that there's still an advantage for kids with early birthdays like January, February in terms of NHL potential or success? Or is that a myth? No, it's not a myth. Uh, they have more runway. You feel like if you get that guy... Let's say he's going to a college. Sometimes they don't even go to a college until the next year and they get an extra year in like the USHL or the NTDP or, or something like that. I, I don't think it's um I don't think that's an issue at all. And and I would, you know, there is many times where I think uh as long as the guy wants to play for you, I'm okay with a lot of these guys going three years in college. I'm not one that um that really wants to stop that from happening. And you know. Just as, as an example, you know, Owen McLaughlin was one of those guys that, you know, they took out of high school and obviously they don't all work out. But, you know, right now at the age of 20, he looks pretty good. He's got two years in in college. If you want to give him another year, that's fine, because he was kind of like a little bit of a project. Anyhow, like as far as getting on muscle. And that's some of the things too. Sometimes those younger birth dates, that's what they have to do is build up their body, but they have the right. other part going for them. Yeah. That's been the difference is like as kids, they're naturally just a little bigger um, as they're younger. And so they get more ice time, more attention and things like that. And that kind of translates as you get older and older so that, you know, if you look at um, games played in the NHL by birth month, I think it's like January is the most and then like March and then February. It's just that's the way it is uh, because of just size difference in, in right. general. But I didn't know if that was like a real thing. No, it's or... a real thing. There are definitely teams that fe that feel like you have more runway, more time to help that guy develop. Especially, yeah. uh, look, it's the same thing as if you take someone and they go to major junior hockey you got to sign them quicker than if they go to the uh, NCAAs, as an example. So, or USHL and then NCAA, they don't have to sign their ELC as quickly. So, there's that strategy yeah. too, and you can couple them both. Josh wants to know: Do you think the Flyers will try and trade for a goalie to stay in the playoff race? I mean, I'm sure people are thinking about it, but there's a lot of teams that need goalies. So, as an example, would you be willing to give up a second or a third for this year or next year? to get a goalie just to try and stay in the playoffs. I wouldn't. I don't think the team is going to either. But, you know, if there were a goalie on waivers that they felt like was an upgrade for him, they'd probably claim him. But I don't think they'd go any further than that. Yeah, and I think, you know, we were already talking about Felix Sandstrom. Like, if Cal Peterson isn't working out for some reason and they feel desperate, 
send him back down and bring up Felix. There's another option in the right. system already. Now right there's now a risk that, that Sandstrom could get taken, but you, you take the risk. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Cause then, you know, you're probably going to let him go at the end of the season anyway. So it, I think Maybe, that's but what if he does well, Rachel, then you don't have to let him go. You could sign him for another year or two. You know what I mean? Like, Right, right. That's the thing. And that's why it's worth the risk. I want as many okay. looks as I'm before I am willing to make that decision to let him go. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, final question from Shannon. Uh, where would you go for the all-star break if you had a week off like the players do? It's a good question. Um, I wouldn't be going to the sun. I don't know why. I feel like I would end up getting dehydrated and something would happen. I would go to like London. Because in London, I wouldn't mm. be hearing anything about the NHL. I, I Twitter, I would just turn off. And you're in like a, you, you literally are. You're in a different country. You're in a different world. And you could just get. I just want to make it clear. You mean London, England, and not yes, London, not London, Ontario. Ontario. I could drive there. <laughs> I've been there at the Budweiser Gardens. But no, you know, I just think if you went to London, you could really get caught up in like the sightseeing there maybe you go on some of the musical stuff you know you see the Beatles stuff whatever and really forget about hockey because you're not going to see a lot of signs of hockey there my choice would be I do not like the sun I do not like the summer I'm a winter girl yeah. so I'm either going to Alaska or Iceland to go see the northern lights that is what I would do yeah I mean I would say Alaska is out because it's a little too cold right now but you could go to um, Sweden and see the Northern Lights. Yeah. Yeah. Just go somewhere way up north. Maybe go yeah. to Svalbard. Um, yeah. Which, uh, you know, off the coast of Norway. So that might be. But I do have an app that tells well. you when the Northern Lights are close. Because one day I'm just going to go and we're going to go see them here. Um, but it hasn't been. It was in New Jersey once. And I didn't get to see it. But you, you don't have to go even as far as Maine sometimes. Sometimes in the Carolinas, if you're in the right area by the water, you could actually see it. So I have a, an act that tracks that. That's really cool. All yeah. right. I'll have to check it out. That will do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow with our uh, official kickoff to NHL draft season, uh, plus a look ahead to the NHL All-Star Game player draft. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you've got mailbag questions and want them answered like we did today, you can send them in via Twitter at LockdownFlyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russell at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.